Welcome to 15 Minutes With. On today's episode, we pick up speaking to Will Bernadio, the social media expert, for a second time. The first 15 minutes simply was not enough. We had so many questions to cover and so much content that it is an absolute pleasure to reintroduce to you today, Will Bernadio. What happens when the tone uh, is off or or the message doesn't land as expected? And so you get people responding in a negative way or you get people sort of uh, saying, hey, that, that content was not what we expected, or you get trolls. How, how do you deal with that? What are the sort of the pitfalls? Yeah, uh, so we've all been there. Um, if you haven't yet, I envy you. Sometimes you go through creating a post and you love it and it looks great on your big screen or in your meeting room and you all agree, and then you post and it flops or worse, does brand damage. And trust me, I've done all of the above. I think... When I was working for bigger brands, I had basically a direct line to the legal and comms teams and would say, does this have your blessing? Now, that would slow things down a lot, but at least I had full confidence that if anybody came to me and said, why the hell did you post that? I could say it's had full approval from everyone. Fair enough, like, you know, hands up, made a mistake, but it's not like I just came up with it and posted it and, and now we're in this big mess. So I think, yeah, having your, your tone of voice documented, making sure that everyone's bought into that gives you those guardrails so you're already on the right track. If you're unsure, the more people you can show it to, the better. But then I think there's, there's so many ways that it could go wrong. <laughs> what we're trying to do at the moment with Future Learn is we're really trying to find our tone for social, specifically not as a business, but on social we are. And what we're finding actually is that the more funny, irreverent stuff that works so well for certain brands, it doesn't really resonate with our audience. It's not to say it's, you know, it's not like people hate it. It just doesn't do as big numbers as certain other content. So we're not saying anything offensive, but we are trying different tones and different routes in just to see what's going to resonate best. Don't be afraid to do a bit of that. You know, I said to the team, let's use the next month. This is when I first joined. So like, just try stuff, like see what's working. Never rude, never, you know, offensive or anything like that, but just different tones. Self-deprecation, does that work? No? Okay, well, what about being knowledgeable? Okay, maybe that doesn't work as well as being motivational, et cetera. Try those things out at a low level. Don't start promoting them. But I think the really important thing is just to try because it would be very easy for me to go away and say, well, look, Every time these brands are funny, it does really big numbers. So I've gone away now. I've spent three weeks working on this strategy. This is what we're doing. And then actually it flops. Test things at a low level. In terms of things going wrong, it can go wrong in many ways. Like it could be the post that you did. It could be your latest TV ad that you actually in the social team had nothing to do with. But every time you're posting, people are commenting on that. Or it could be something that, you know, the founder has done. GoDaddy, the uh, internet company, their CEO or founder rather, like shot an elephant, posted it on social media. And obviously the backlash was massive. And there's so many other examples of that. I don't mean to just call out GoDaddy, but that's just the one that springs to mind. So I think it's really important in that situation to, I mean, look, I love a process. Can you have like some sort of crisis document? You know, what are the levels of crisis and what are the actions that we take in, in those examples I've just given? Make sure that people in your team and beyond are on board with it and really try and stick with it if you can. And I think something that I've been guilty of or, or seen other people be guilty of is sometimes, not always, it can be a bit of a storm in a teacup. And when you are in amongst it, it feels massive. And, you know, you have people from outside of your team saying, we've got to post, you know, a, a response to this that we're going to pin to the top of our pages so that everybody's aware what our response is. And in some ways that could do more damage because not everybody is aware of it. So really, I, I would recommend some sort of social listening tool 
we used one i don't need to name it because i don't work for them but uh, it was it was sprinkler which i recommend but uh not only can they see like any negative comments that are coming through but you can also set it up that they can say like the velocity of negative comments so okay we always see you know five percent negative comments but suddenly overnight we saw a massive increase um, of those so therefore you know you're getting this email just to take a look at it so something like that can be really helpful but yeah i think making sure that everybody is agreed on what you're going to do and and i think i mean literally at the time of recording peloton are going through a bit of a, a storm at the moment they've just had to lay off thousands of employees and i think it's really interesting to see how that's being dealt with so if you go on the b2b sorry the b2c channels like facebook twitter etc they're not talking about it I go on LinkedIn a lot. I love LinkedIn. I know people at Peloton, so I'm seeing a lot of conversation on it. And, you know, people who've left saying, you know, I'm now open to work, you know, getting thousands of shares and likes, et cetera. So if you were just looking at that, you would see it is massive. But how, I don't know the answer to this, but how much do the consumers know about this? I'm sure they would care about it if they did know, but they're obviously not talking about it on those channels. But if you look at their LinkedIn at the moment, they've now done a post where they've literally created a database of people that they've had to lay off saying, you know, we recommend these people, we stand by them, which, you know, people are saying is a really classy move. I think they've they've done that really nicely and really well. So that's one way of dealing with it. You've also seen, I'm sure, the KFC example where they ran out of chicken. So they did a, you know, an award-winning response where it was very human, um, funny, uh, kind of a one pager that they put in the press and then that obviously went viral on social media i think in that instance they're allowed to be a bit funny silly because it's their problem you know it's not like something has affected i mean apart from affecting chicken lovers it hasn't really you know like affected people's you know it hasn't like hurt anyone really so you've got to you've got to judge it and it's really hard but i think with those tools like a, a guide of what you're going to do in, in which situation and really go from like a tweet that went badly wrong versus you know a member of staff doing something really terrible what would your response be and just remember that yeah the more human you can make it the better and also don't necessarily think that everybody is talking about it just because all of your colleagues are it is really hard to know when you know like a bad response on social is damaging Yes. Because not all bad responses are damaging. Yes. And arguably some that even that we might consider to be still actually promote the company massively because they go they essentially go viral. So, I mean, bad press in a sense, uh, well, as they say, any, you know, but it is a little bit like that. It's hard, you know, there, there, there can be some massively damaging stories out there and responses to pieces of content on social media. But arguably, you know, they're sort of doing their job as well. So it yes. can be quite difficult to know what that line is. But I, I love your advice on having the guidelines and also having multiple levels of, of sign off and perspective within the business. So it doesn't just lie with one person and their idea of what might be what might be suitable. Totally. And and I appreciate that sometimes slows things down, you know, sometimes by days. But I think if you've got those guardrails in place, it gives you permission to do some of the more viral things. If you know it ticks certain boxes and you know there's little to no chance of it being taken in the wrong way. And I think you've got that freedom to do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, Shelley, what you were just saying, we've seen overnight Adidas has done a post uh, showing women's breasts of come in all shapes and sizes, and then they're promoting their new sports bra. And understandably, some people are saying, that's amazing, great that you're doing this. And then understandably as well, I would argue, some people are saying, I can't believe you're showing this, it's so inappropriate that you know, you're showing nudity on my channels. So I think they will have, I mean, hats off to them. I, I can't imagine how that legal and comms meeting went <laughs> before posting it. 
but I can see it really from both sides. I can, I understand why people think it's inappropriate. I can also totally understand why people think we should be talking about this more. I really do stand in the middle of this one. But I think I'm part of a advertising Facebook group where we talk about ads. I'm an advertising nerd. And um, what we've seen is, you know, some people, I've shared it in there, tick. I think Adidas definitely wanted that. First person said, I'm really offended. <laughs> and the second person said, why are you offended? That's ridiculous. This is exactly the kind of conversation we should have. And I'm like, I said to them, that is exactly what Adidas would have wanted. But I'm sure with that and, you know, the Colin Kaepernick example from Nike, where, you know, he took a knee and he was suspended from American football. People were burning their Nikes, etc. Again, I think they would have done that as a calculated, okay, we know people are going to be outraged, but we also know that people are going to really love this and, and love the fact that we've taken a stand for it. So I think, again, they would have said, well, what, how bad could it go? How good could it go? And what are we going to do for every eventuality of that? And I would imagine Adidas has done the same. And we've used the term viral a lot, right? kind of through the conversation that we've been talking. And I think there is a, certainly in my experience, a misconception that you can plan to go viral. You know, you can kind of go, we are gonna create a viral piece of content and then everyone sits in a room and does it. I think, and this is, you know, kind of asking for an opinion on this, like, is that you could argue that people like Dollar Shave Club, when they produced their original launch ad, there was an intention that that was gonna go viral and it was written in such a way and produced in such a way that it was highly unlikely that it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. But that is a little bit of like capturing lightning in a bottle. I don't know that it's something that you can just on demand produce a viral piece of content. No. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I, uh, I get worried when I go to conferences or listen to podcasts and people are just talking about those things because they're great. You know, the John Lewis ad, you all, you all need to do a John Lewis ad. They are great, but exactly that. They're hard to come by. I think you probably want to aim for, to try and do one or two if you can <laughs> in a year, but I think uh, they're really hard to do. And that's why you've got to consistently be posting about stuff as well. But yeah, the, the benefits of activity like that in terms of like long-term brand building, harder to measure because you might not necessarily see an instant return on sales unless it goes really big, but stuff like that over the long term can really help drive new business. So I think you should be aiming to do stuff that people care about, that's remarkable, that's interesting. I mean, that's what social media is meant to be. And that's what good advertising is. You know, people don't hate ads. They hate bad ads. People like content. And if that's an ad, then so be it. So I think that's what you're trying to be aiming for at all times. But yeah, it's hard to do this, you know, dedicated creative agencies that will try and do that. And, and it doesn't always pay off. But friends of mine, I, I used to work on the Disney account for six months. Friends of mine who worked on it for much longer, they were saying even with a new Avengers trailer, they still need to put money behind it because you can't be at the whim of the algorithm. And I think, you know, the Dollar Shave example is an old one. Um, it's a really good one, but it's any viral campaign now. I mean, it's harder really, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it's harder to think of one that you know immediately springs to mind from the last year. Whereas before, I think we could could reel off a whole bunch of them but yeah even with an avengers trailer you've got to put money behind it because if you're at the will of the algorithm there could be something big news that's just hit that maybe that post didn't do quite as well as anticipated so i think the fact that they were doing that <laughs> suggests that yeah it's definitely much harder than it ever was will do you have any tips any insights anything that you think we haven't covered 
live video had a big moment during the first lockdown in the UK, March 2020, and you know, live everywhere because people obviously couldn't be out and about and seeing people as much. It's then kind of taken a back seat. The algorithm seemed to show it less, but we are definitely seeing more of a focus on it from the platforms themselves now and uh, live shopping, almost like QVC etc you know it's it's coming to social it's big in certain markets not really in the west yet but i get the impression that that is going to be coming up and i think hand in hand with that you could do a whole podcast about it but i'm just going to say it you know blockchain cryptocurrencies and nfts i know i sound like like a, a tech bro when i talk about those but they're they're definitely getting more airtime and as part of web 3.0 i do think they are going to play a part i think we're at the the testing phase of it now i think there's going to be a lot of rubbish associated with it both in terms of ways that people are activating it particularly brands who are just trying to jump on it i would recommend people kind of hang back wait see what's working and then go from there but i do think it's interesting because rather than just selling you know pictures of apes what we're seeing more of is it's actually um, resulting in people owning parts of businesses or you know by buying this nft you're basically signing up almost like a subscription service it, it could be for example i I am not working for McDonald's anymore. I do not know this at all. But I could imagine the the fabled gold card that you showed at McDonald's to get free food. That could work as an NFT. That could work as something that, you know, by investing in this, you have unlocked something. So I think that's a really interesting space. And I've mentioned earlier about communities. That seems to be a real focus on, for social and uh, brands and for the platforms themselves. And I think NFTs can really be part of that. And I think brands are focusing more on community because, like I say, it means they can do the job for you. But it's also a really good way to improve your product if you know what people are saying about it. And if you've got that community, ideally you want to own it yourself. So I think we're going to see more of that as well. Look at what influencers are doing. A lot of them are moving off a Facebook or a YouTube and they're creating their own kind of own site. Because this is the thing, you can have a million fans today if Facebook said, you know what? We're closing the brand page platform. Uh, we're not doing that anymore. You would lose them all overnight. So how can you think about kind of future-proofing that and you know not being at the whim of the algorithm? We talked about it today. How can you have an audience that every time you try and speak to them, you can get through to them instantly? That'd be amazing. So I think we're going to see more people, brands as well, focusing on that. And then finally, I think voice, so Twitter spaces, Discord, etc. I hate the idea of that myself, but I think there's a there's an appetite for it. I think putting brands in that kind of live anything can happen example will will be frightening for many, but it seems to be the way that consumers are going. And you know, if brands will keep talking to them, then they need to be considering that. So, I think it's exciting times. I think it's more. You're not going to be able to just post something and then forget about it as a consumer or a brand. It feels like it's going to be more live, more always on, more really talking to people. And that is scary, but that seems to be the way that things are going. And then we couldn't do a podcast without talking about the metaverse. I think, I, I hope this bites me uh, in future, but I think the jury is still out, I think. I was a big advocate of virtual reality back in 2016. I love the idea of virtual reality, but the, the fact is it's an effort. It's an effort to put it on your face. Even people who've got it say they don't use it that much. Uh, whereas a phone, you're using it, you know, hundreds of times a day. So keep an eye out on the metaverse and, you know, being in virtual reality or being able to go into this you know, second world uh, and interact with people. I'm very interested. I'm following it very closely, but I, the jury's still out for me. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Will, thank you so much for your time. We have covered oh, incredible stuff. I think this is going to be super, super helpful for a lot of people, brands, individuals, and the full spectrum of brands, big, small, everything in between. Thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it and hope to have you back again soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been really fun. That was Will Bernadio, social media expert, talking to us about judgment and humour, about response guidelines, being human, democratic perspectives and decision making, and the need for advertising. To everyone listening, see you next time. Mm-hmm.